was her name. He and Alonzo Walling met her at the train. That night, plot unfolded. Poor Pearl lost her life. Scott and Alonzo both hung for that cry. The most ghoulish of greetings to every single one of you. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers Podcast part of your day. Those tunes that just went through the old ears is courtesy of the amazing Bobby Mackey, and I, of course, am your host, Tessa Morrow. The man, he wakes up and looks to his left. There he sees the love of his life lying in bed next to him. He gently gives her a hug and gives her a kiss on the neck. He smiles and whispers in her ear, I love you so much, and I am so happy that we are finally together. I cherish every moment we have, my love. She doesn't respond, but he knows in his heart that she hears him and feels the same way. As a young boy, Carl Tanzler sees the apparition of his great-great-aunt, Countess Anna Constantia von Kossel. It is during this ghostly encounter with this great-great-aunt that she tells him that he is going to meet someone when he is an adult, and this person is going to change his life forever. And boy, was she not kidding, but we'll get into that in just a moment. This woman will be the love of his life. And Eva describes her as being of Spanish descent with a gorgeous long raven black hair, a beautiful woman, and he is not to forget about this. In his memoir, he would later write, quote, The apparition stood there. There could be no doubt about its reality. Now, Throughout the years, Carl would be in relationships with women, but in his heart, he knew none of these women were the woman that his great-great-aunt told him about. He even gets married in 1920, and still, he knows. This isn't the woman. This ain't the love of my life. This is just some broad. When he marries Doris Schaefer, they go on to have two beautiful children together. One sadly dies between the ages of 9 and 10 due to diphtheria. But he eventually settles in the United States in Key West, Florida. Now, in 1926, he is now in America, obviously, and his wife and children, they follow shortly after he leaves. At this point, when his wife and children follow him, he is in Florida, but not in Key West. Well, after a short time of them getting there, I believe it's like the following year, he abandons his family settles in Key West where he finds a job as an x-ray tech for U.S. Marine Hospital. It is here the hospital where his life is going to change forever. He is a radiology technologist and he meets a patient. The diagnosis, well, it's not a good one. She has tuberculosis and it is killing her. You know, back then, TB was basically a death sentence. So many people died from it. So heartbreaking. But the first moment that he sees this woman, he knows, Oh my God, this is that very same woman that my late relative 
the Countess told me about all those years earlier when I was just a young boy. Quote, I was thunderstruck. It was she whom at last I found in the flesh. Enter Maria Elena de Hoyos. She was indeed a Spanish beauty with gorgeous raven long black hair. Now, what would have been appropriate was if they had met, fell in love, got married, spent the rest of their days together. Instead, she is at the hospital, dying of tuberculosis, and he falls in love with her. But she does not return the love. I mean, who would in that situation? She's dying. She has more on her mind than falling in love with some guy who's hitting on her in the hospital. Then, something out of a horror movie actually happens. It's the kind of movie that you're watching, and there's like no way in hell that would happen in real life, right? Ever. But guess what? What you're about to hear is an absolute true story, and it shocked me when I heard about it so many years ago. In my head, I was like, how could this actually have happened? And for so long. So this woman, her case was bad. It was horrific, in fact. And she was suffering a great deal. And throughout time, tuberculosis would actually snuff out the life of most of her surviving family members as well. As the woman, Maria or Elena, some, you know, I saw in my research, some were calling her Elena, some Maria. In her case, she gets sicker by the moment. Carl, he is beyond obsessed with her. He was from the actual moment that he saw her. But the obsession, it just kind of got more severe. Well, three weeks later, she is basically a skeleton. She's unrecognizable. And she dies in October of 1931 at only 22 years old. Maria was a gorgeous person, inside and out. It is said that she was very well-liked, respected, and adored throughout Key West. Years earlier, back in 1926, Maria had married a man named Luis Mesa. She was pregnant with child, and she was just so excited to start this new adventure called Parenthood with Luis. She unfortunately miscarries the baby, and Luis... He leaves the heartbroken woman and very much in mourning would-be mother and he relocates and starts a brand new life in Miami without her. Even though he left her, they were never legally divorced. So at the time of her death, they were still married. Yeah, estranged, obviously, but they were still married. This gorgeous Cuban-American woman barely got to live life. And many were devastated when she passed away. Upon those mourning was Carl Tanzler. He is beyond grief-stricken. He is acting like he just lost the love of his life, his wife of several decades. When the woman's family leaves the hospital, Carl, he closes the door and he actually gets into bed with the recently deceased woman. Before her death, as she was lying sick at the hospital, Carl would often come over to her, show his love and affection by giving her numerous gifts, 
some quite lavish, such as jewelry and other fancy things. He would tell her on more than one occasion that he loved her. And it was so excruciatingly obvious that she did not feel the same way as Carl. But the man was blind and he could not take a hint. You know, I I could only imagine this poor woman is laying in bed. She's hurt. She's sick. She can't breathe. She's dying. And this man will just not leave her alone. Well, Carl, he actually pays for Maria's funeral. This would include a gigantic mausoleum. Maria's family, they're beyond grateful for his generosity, for paying for their loved one's final resting place, as what they did not know was that there was one key, one key to the mausoleum. And Carl, he had that key in his possession. It is said that he would visit her every single day, bringing flowers and talking to her, singing to her, serenading her. You see, he is actually going into the mausoleum, not going to it and just leaving flowers on the steps. You know, I've visited many, many people in my lifetime, family, friends, at cemeteries, graveyards, any type of burial ground, and I'm not going to walk right into the mausoleum. I'm not going to grab a shovel and start digging up the grave. That's beyond inappropriate, right? Like 99% of the people would agree. Like, yeah, that's pretty severely inappropriate. Well, Carl, he's not one of those people. He's in the 1% range. He goes in there and he spends personal time with this corpse. He is rather delusional, obviously. And he begins to inject her body repeatedly, mind you, with formaldehyde. He desperately is trying to preserve her beauty for as long as humanly possible. If this is not inappropriate enough for you, he takes it to a completely different, severely screwed up level in April of 1933. Mind you, this is two years after she has passed away. She should be resting in eternal peace. He thinks that it's okay to take her home with him. And he does. So one night he sneaks into Key West Cemetery. He is armed with a little wagon. He makes his way through the sea of graves and he eventually gets to his destination, Maria's Mausoleum. He takes the corpse home where he treats her like his wife. Oh, he dances with her. He sleeps in the same bed with her. He sits at the dinner table with her. He's having full-on conversations with her. He is leading a double life. In the public eye, he is still considered a respectable man. He goes to work every single day. He works at the hospital. He's saving lives. He's helping people. He's making a difference. But at night, he goes home to a literal corpse bride. And I guess I can't even say bride, right? Because they were never married. She never felt affection to him whatsoever. In fact, I'm sure she considered him an absolute pest. His corpse hostage is more appropriate and rather accurate. For seven years, this woman's remains are being held captive at Carl Tanzler's home. Seven years! Even with formaldehyde, he had to to do several different things to the body. He, he would use piano wire to attach her bones. He would replace the skin that was getting destroyed with plaster of Paris and silk cloth covered in wax. 
He would save her hair as it fell, and he would make this wig for her. He replaced her eyes with glass eyes. He also went through great measures to try to rid the rancid smell that we know of death and decay. He uses colognes and perfumes, different types of air fresheners, and whatever else that he could think of. What he did to this poor woman's body is utterly beyond disrespectful in my opinion, and I would be furious if this was one of my loved ones. The man, he looks lovingly into the woman's eyes. He wipes the hair away. He looks tenderly at her and asks, Can I have this dance, my love? Silence fills the air. But he knows that she wants to dance, and he takes her into his arms. And dance they begin. So, you know, this is one of the things that he would do with the woman's corpse. He would put her decaying body up against his and dance throughout the house oftentimes dancing right before a window where people could actually see. So I see two different versions. One is is that word starts to float throughout town that Carl is dating a woman. And then the other is that he has a corpse in his house and that her sister goes to confront Carl. So the one where he's dating another woman, Maria's sister couldn't be more happy for him. She knew that even though Carl and her sister were never a couple, that he took her death extremely hard, and she felt bad for him, and that, you know, he deserved happiness with a living person that actually wanted to be with him. And so she goes to his house to, okay, either congratulate him or confront him, whichever story you want to believe, and to perhaps meet his new lady friend. As she arrives, to her terror, she sees him dancing with her sister's corpse. I can't even imagine what went through this woman's head. I would have seen red. Well, she's mortified, and understandably so. Who would not be in that situation, right? She calls for authorities immediately. The community, they are in utter shock when it is revealed that this man, who up till then was considered a respectable person, helping people, you know, with the job that he had, could harbor such a horrific secret. The family, friends, and the entire Key West community, they're completely horrified and astounded. An autopsy revealed all of the demented Carl's do-it-yourself jobs that he had conducted on her poor body. Sadly, this did include a tube that was inserted up between her legs, forming somewhat of a makeshift vagina. He would never admit to necrophilia, but, I mean, who are we kidding? Look how sick this individual was. And it's obvious that he had no respect for other people or their bodies, so would it be a shocker that he would do these things to her body, her corpse, her remains? I mean, look what he did. He went through such great lengths of course he would have sex with the remains. Why else would he insert that tube? There's no reason for that at all. I mean, there's really no reason for anything that this unstable man did to this poor woman. So why did Carl Tanzler do what he did? 
he would later share with people that the spirit of Maria would often visit him as he sat at her graveside and sang to her. He also claims that she would beg him to take her away from the mausoleum. Unfortunately, this case ends up being thrown out because the statute of limitation for stealing a corpse had run out. I mean, to me, this is bogus and absolutely unbelievable that he gets away with it. Rumor has it that before her remains are reburied in a secret location, they were displayed for all to see in a funeral home, where well over 7,000 people came to see her. She was then secretly buried somewhere where Carl Tanzler could never repeat his offense again, well alone ever visit her. Now, it's believed that the wife that he abandoned long ago was there for him and supported him emotionally and financially. Like Maria and Luis, guess what? Carl and Doris, they were still legally married. Carl Tanzler thought he knew what love was. Well, really, it was Doris, his poor wife, who treated him with respect and love after he shit all over her and their children. No, Carl, you do not know a thing about love. Your poor wife, Doris, on the other hand, now that's true love. And both her and Maria, well, guess what? They deserved a hell of a lot better than Carl Tanzler. In his diary, he would write this, quote, Human jealousy has robbed me of the body of my Elena, yet divine happiness is flowing through me, for she has survived death. Forever and ever she is with me. Unquote. Carl Tanzler, radiology technologist, grave robber, kidnapper of corpse, while well, he dies at 75 years old. And at the time he was found, it is believed that he had died Oh, I would say about three weeks earlier. He was found in his bed, and guess what was next to him? Yeah, it was a replica, if you will, of Elena, or Maria, laying next to him. Now some say, and I hope this isn't true, that it wasn't a replica at all. That he actually searched and somehow found the new secret location of the woman's burial and final resting place, dug her up, and brought her back home. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, but whatever the case, Carl is now dead, and he cannot repeat this disturbing history over again. And now, this poor woman could truly rest in peace and not be disturbed anymore. Again, I have to repeat, this was like a a stupid movie. Like, you can't imagine this being true. But it was. And so I actually had somebody recommend to me that I do my city shoutouts right after the episode is done. Because once I do my spiel about, you know, listening in, a lot of people, since it's the same thing over and over again, skip right past it and don't even know that there is a special city shoutout. So here we go. This week's special city shoutouts go to... Izmir, Turkey, and again, my heart goes out to the people out there because I know Izmir got hit really hard with this earthquake. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Rifle, Colorado, Webster, South Dakota, and Tillman's Corner, Alabama. Did you enjoy this week's episode? 
Listen to the others. They're all awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? Well, there's really no need to fret. You can hit up any of those podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, Pocket Casts, CastBox, Spotify. Basically, wherever you may roam to listen to your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcasts lurking in the background. Do you have an idea for a future episode? Would you like to be a future voiceover sometime? Do you have stories to tell? Please do not hesitate. Hit me up on the Paranormal Prowlers podcast Facebook page. You can message me or you can email me at paraprowl at gmail.com. That's P-A-R-A-P-R-O-W-L at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next week.